You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. Thanks for tuning in. If you enjoy today's episode, please rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Security Sandbox. I'm Amanda Fennell, Chief Security Officer and Chief Information Officer at Relativity, where we help the legal and compliance world solve complex data problems securely. And that takes a lot of creativity. One of the best things about a sandbox is you can explore and try anything. When good tech meets well-trained, empowered employees, your business is more secure. This season, we're exploring ways to elevate the strongest link in your security chain, people, through a creative use of technology, process, and training. Grab your shovel and let's dig in. In today's episode, our sandbox heads to the boardroom for a white-collar discussion with Ricardo LaFosse, Chief Information Security Officer at Kraft Heinz, and Andrew Watts, Relativity's Chief Customer Officer and former CIO, on the current state of information security in the C-suite. What should it be? CIO, CSO, CISO, anything or a combination? We don't know. But the current perception and narrative around this specific title actually influences a lot about your technology and process within your departments. So grab your executive briefs and bust out your corporate buzzwords. Let's dive in. Oh, Ricardo, we're going to start with you. Because it's going to be awesome. I know. I love the (laughs) fact that I only know you because of Watts. And like that was the intro of all of this entire discussion for us to get to know each other. But I feel it's so organic to have the two of you together. So Ricardo, you're a CISO, I, Amanda, am a CSO and a CIO, which that's a fun one we're going to talk about. Andrew, a CIO previously... Let's talk about how we view these roles that we're in or were in. What's the difference and what's the overlap? And let's just do the disclaimer now. These are our opinions that do not reflect the opinions of the entire industry. Is that correct? A hundred percent. Okay. All right. You're first up, Ricardo. So what's your title technically mean? (laughs) My amazing, super awesome title, as I like to describe it to others, CISO also known in reality as if it's a logical or digital asset, for the most time, it's my problem to protect. Oh. That's how I simplified as much as possible. See, so Andrew got so upset, he just walked he just away. Left. Andrew said, yeah. I am done with this. But so, wait, so you <laughs> specifically caveat digital asset? Yes, yes. And I put a little asterisk because there's digital to physical, you know, especially in manufacturing with OT, there's that, that collaboration, that movement, that uh, logical cyber tech could impact something physical. So it's not completely physical, but aspects of physical. Aspects of it. Okay. So kind of an, an interesting one though. So yeah. uh, this is where I've always differentiated myself in the terms of the CISO versus CSO when people have asked me what's the difference. From my understanding and the way I've developed in my career, CISO was, as you say, digital assets or corporate assets and so on, but the CSO typically ends up being a like a, a product side as well. So we end up having either something in addition to, so either it's the product security, the corporate security, and the physical security, et cetera. So it's kind of a conglomerate. I almost want to say it's a catch-all. Like if you use CSO, it's a catch-all, but CISO definitely does double-click on the digital. But 
I don't know. I'd, people- I'd, I'd, I'd agree. The product one is a very interesting item that you brought up because, say, for example, in your industry, a product is a digital asset. So I don't see that the physical side for that product, or are you saying it's a product because it's an item that is delivered or goods yeah, service yeah. to an individual? I'm gonna I'm gonna pull Andrew in on this one because he created the security around our product um, for the record, and I just took over a really cool program from him. But I would actually say I know right I'm resting on his laurels, but. So it, I actually think it's because it's about the off boundary for what we use in terms of our program. So our off boundary includes some of the physical, which bleeds into our product. So you can't gotcha. access, you know what I mean? Like you have to access and have badging and controls, man traps, et cetera. Mm-hmm. That is part of our off boundary for our product with the way that we approach our, our actual headquarters and things like that. So Watts, you're up. What is a CIO and a CISO? What's the difference? Mm, definitions are interesting, right? So chief information officer has probably been around the longest and in my opinion um, has just a myriad of meanings in a lot of different companies. So for example, chief information officer in some companies is responsible for applications, whether they're productivity applications, business applications, product supporting applications, the integration of those to each other, and the management of the data that is um, used by those applications in service of both employees and in service of customers who are using those tools, either through the employees or directly. Um, In some cases, Chief Information Officer also has security responsibilities, but increasingly we're seeing the Chief Information Security Officer or the Chief Security Officer be an independent position, reports to the CEO or the board. Uh, And I think it depends on the size of the company, the scale of the company, and how they use technology. I think if you're a company who uses technology for a smaller part of your business uh, and can get away with it, you could possibly have one person or the other. Um, And what I mean by that is one CSO or one CIO tackle both things. Or if you're a large-scaled company, you could decide that you um, need two or even more of those roles. So in some cases, you're also seeing chief digitization officers, chief technology officers, and so on, also sort of around the mix there as well. In my personal opinion, these days, um, for most organizations, the chief information officer is purely responsible for data application integrations and the IT organization. And the chief security officer is responsible for cybersecurity, product security, sometimes physical security. Um, And the two of them work very closely together, uh, with one having the responsibilities for making sure that the technology is managed in a cost-effective way and that it works well for the employees and the customers, and the other one responsible for risk management, basically, and ensuring that the company is set up well um, and protected from bad actors uh, or unintentionally um, sort of uh, unintentional mistakes made by good actors. So, um, Watts, I'm going to use this shameless moment when I have you on a camera, a microphone. You were a CIO whenever I interviewed what made you think that I could be a CSO here? I think that for relativity, we were about to need information security to be a strong centerpiece of what we did in 
all aspects of running our business, running our product on behalf of our customers. Whereas before you joined the company, we had a security program, we had a chief security officer. That was vastly different when we shrink-wrapped software and provided to others to operate. When you operate customers' software, you operate on their data, you need someone who understands that anything that can impact that data and how the customers think about it needing to be protected, whether it is inside your corporation, inside the physical boundaries of your uh, premise, or in terms of how the product works, um, it's got to be a 360 approach. And I think in your background, Amanda, you had done a significant amount of cyber breach work. You had done a significant amount of work in protecting critical assets for financial services companies and others, and uh, had a background also in e-discovery. So those things came together really nicely. But reporting structure, and by the way, thank you. Appreciate that. Um, but reporting structure, you made the decision as the CIO to not have a CSO report to you. You actually said, I'm going to step to the side. You're going to report to the CEO. And Ricardo, we're coming to you next just to, just to broadcast that. I should have come to you. But you made this decision to not have security report into you. Why? I feel like I'm like grilling you. This is an interrogation. Where we were had- you? No, night. we had, yeah, it could, yeah, could, be, could be seen that way. <laughs> could be seen that way. Um, you know, you could say, well, Andrew or someone like him didn't want that responsibility, didn't want to deal with those things, was uh, scared of it or, you know, was busy, yeah, right. wh- whatever the I reasons are. Ricardo, it, would you have it, ever said that you thought he was scared? I would have never said that. Terrifying. No, no, terrifying. he's just saying this because we're recording it. I know, I know. That's right, that's right. Now, I think for us at the time, we were entering a phase where there was going to be a full-time job. It's as simple as that. Our information security program, the execution of it, talking to our customers about it, investments made in it, and the expansion of it was a full-time job. And at the same time, the role of ensuring our applications and data was set up for our customers and for our customers' interactions with our team members. And then finally, the productivity of our employees was also a full-time job. And so it really was two roles. uh, And it made a lot of sense for it to um, be a co-report to our CEO. Yeah, but man, we move so fast because of that relationship. Because, and I I will say this to Ricardo, I don't know if you feel this way, but having a CIO that gets security, follows it, understands it, and and knows where to go and and what, what the prioritization is, we moved so fast in security with that help in that partnership. So I don't know if you have what your reporting structure is. Now is the time for you to lodge a formal complaint for you to do that if your <laughs> reporting structure is bad. But what is your reporting structure and is it is it the way that you think it normally is and does it work well? Yeah, absolutely. So I report to the global CIO, mm-hmm. um, which is a staunch advocate of cybersecurity, and I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, we get a lot of traction, a lot of buy-in, specifically the old um, homage of, oh, is it operations or security who wins in the battle? And CIO has to like punch him or, or their self in the face to decide who wins or flips a coin. But no, in, in reality, you, you get a little bit of both because you, you get the support from the traditional IT side of the house, but you are also 
enabled to go to the chief legal officer. You can go straight to the uh, CEO if you want to get the right agenda and the right traction needed. So for me, it works to report into the global CIO because of that level of support and that level of engagement. And also something that that, re- that really wasn't highlighted to me until I got to an organization this size is an X multiplier if I need to bring in additional resources within for, um, traditional IT to support security functions. A great example is vulnerability management, where security doesn't just do it themselves. You need a whole slew of other departments to work collaboratively, and that CIO helps you be that glue instead of, oh, Ricardo's saying we have all these critical vulnerabilities and (laughs) he wants them done now, ha, 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 ha. No, it gets done now because of that level of support. So you mentioned something randomly there. I'm gonna gonna click on a little bit more here. Here we go. You opened it up. You mentioned um, the ability to go directly to like a chief legal officer. Who expected there to be so many politics behind this role? Because I did not. So, and, and Watts, you've been a CIO. Ricardo, you're in this role now. I mean, did you know there was going to be this many politics for, I got to go convince everybody that this is the thing to do and that there's fear, uncertainty, and doubt? Or how do you go about it? Is it a political game or do you have to just work through the, the different personalities? I'll take the first step. I think it's a little bit of both. Um, and I will take a lot of cutting my teeth in local and federal government, which mm-hmm. so there were politics. Mm-hmm. That's all I got for today. Uh, but it was a lot of why security important to them. Um, specifically in Cook County, we had uh, separately legal entities that did not really have to report back to the office of president per se. And it, you had to create those um, relationships to really highlight why security was important. And then our board of directors was also very separated on their level of expertise. Why Ricardo, this crazy new guy out of the blue is asking for funding when we never had to really fund this. Mm-hmm. He's crazy. But being able to convince them and do a little of the, poli- the politician side, but more of that influencing and showing the real value to each of those elected officials in those specific different departments on why security is important, not strictly from a protection perspective, but an operational uh, perspective or process improvement, showing more value than I'm protecting you from the hackers. Watts, do you think, so I think that we've spent a lot of time here at Relativity working on educating, like educating our peers, educating the board, educating, and not just because they don't know about security or about tech and, and as a CIO, but specifically like we have to make sure that they're on the same page as us before we can tell them the direction of our vision. So I don't know if you feel the same, but do you feel it's political? And do you think that that's where you spend a lot of your time is the education and the influencing? You know, I think we're lucky to work in an organization that's incredibly open to ideas and doesn't have a, a ton of um, hierarchical politics. I think the information that needs to find its way to peers and others is more of an education problem. I've been in organizations that also have the political issue of, for example, certain person shouldn't talk to another person without going through a hierarchy and things like that. I'm not a huge believer in it myself. I think that Anyone working in a company should be able to try to influence and and make change. But I think when you are in an unfortunate situation where you have a lot of hierarchy, structure, and expectations around how data and information flows up and down, 
it can get really sticky um, and position and title can matter. Um, I think at our company, it doesn't matter as much, but when it comes down to, for example, decision-making rights or, you know, who's, who's the authority for the final say-so, um, it really should be rested in a, in a title or a role. Um, for example, as we operate our security protocols, you, it's necessary for our certifications. You have to have somebody who's designated. It's the way the certifying auditors look at it. Um, and so there's, there's different aspects of why the role exists, why it's titled, and so on. I think, lastly to say, to anyone who is struggling with this, I think it is worth breaking it into those different areas. Is this because of culture? Is this because of external necessity? Is it because of decision-making rights? Or is it simply because um, it works better in, in your organization? But it is worth thinking about why you need the title, the responsibilities, and the decision-making rights um, to be set up correctly. And, and who needs to know that? Is it you or is it the people around you? Yeah, I've, I've had people ask me, uh, there's two sets of camps, I think, about the, uh, to be clear, CISO was the role that I came in with, with and, and as, and as you moved into a chief customer officer role, it was an opportunity for me to expand and to flex and try this muscle out in a CIO role. There's two camps of people, one who think you can't do both. You can't be responsible for the infrastructure, the applications, all of those different things, the deployment of all the things that we do as a company and securing it. I personally don't find it to be difficult because I worked with you for so many years so closely. So I feel like it's not that difficult to do both of these roles together. Of course, I'm definitely not the CIO that you were, which is one that I aspire to. So blush, blush, right? single tier. I know, Ricardo, don't cry. Um, but I guess from your perspective, can the two exist as one is, is an area? Yeah, I think they can exist as one. See earlier comment or repeat or listen to earlier comments about some <laughs> CIOs have security in them or some CSOs have information technology in them. I think they can absolutely be the same. I think that it takes deft person such as yourself to distinguish between I'm making a decision now about productivity, for example, or tools that our customers use from outside of our business, or I'm governing those tools. I'm, I'm applying risk management to those tools, and you have to sort of step in and out of those roles when you do so. But if you set up amazing teams who have people in them to actually play out most of those um, areas of um, both monitoring and compliance or securing, or on the other side, implementing, managing data, integrating, those teams will take care of most of that and leave you to decision-making and strategy um, and so on. I think that in our organization, also our IT organization does not build our software products that our customers use. They participate in some aspects of that, but because your role doesn't also build those products, um, you can sit in a compliance and risk management role working with our other peers, our chief technology officer and our chief product officer. So there's, there's an interesting mix there for our company. I think in other companies, it really would depend on whether the idea of being a um, risk management and governance authority overseeing all of the implementation of technology and data would work well for your company. But I think in our case, it works quite well. I have to ask a little bit of questions here about the tech stack that we use and so on and like how we enable people. So Ricardo, I love asking you questions you're not prepared for. Are you ready? Oh, sure. Why not? 
here we go. Okay. You get one technology that's in your stack that you're like, this is the best. This helps us do the best job, secures it, enables people, any of those things. Like the one that comes to mind, they're like, this technology actually really helps us do our job. Ooh, this is a good one. I know. Huh. I'd say one tech that really helps us. All right. It's going to be memorialized. Mm-hmm. I'll get the haters out there as well. Okay. Active Directory. <gasps> Gasp. Oh, my gosh. All right. Yeah. Explain and, it. Uh, and, and, and let me tell you why. Oh, I'm ready. The whole, our whole program has transformed from, an, from a typical controls, ops, run, your typical IT, IT security shop to everything that's based off of identity. If I don't, if I can't properly identify, I can't apply the appropriate controls, least privilege across the board. It all starts with the identity. I know you can yell, ugh, gross, and you can say Azure AD, you can say all this stuff, but the identity, whatever you, whatever it is for your organization, the identity you. is key. Yeah. Uh, how dare yeah. you? Hold on, hold on. Let me, let me wash off. I know. You're in a lot of trouble. Watts, what's your thoughts? Do you agree on this one? Do you think that's the tech to, to doubt, double down on? Oh, that's I think a it's, cringe. I think it's vital. I mean, I do think that uh, foundational <laughs> I, techno- I think foundational technologies are important and identity and access management is, is really key to it. Um, vital. Ah, gee, that's, that's a tough one. I mean, I think increasingly it's becoming the data itself i I mean which is not of course technology but the technology that stores protects transforms makes visible surfaces data to yeah it could be could be relativity to (laughs) the employees and the customers that need it and the leadership that needs it for your business i mean i think anything that can enable better views of the data about your business that your customers are using about and with your employees is just vital these days. So the data products, I suppose, or the data technologies would be my answer. Okay. I would go with the IAM side of it. I don't know that I would double down on just Active Directory specifically. I, you know, I, you, you told me a tool. Look, Andrew ran away. See, because you said Active Directory. That's why. For record, it's the identity piece. And for me, in my industry, it is Active Directory. <sighs> Andrew can't get to his data if I can't identify him. You know, it seems like an existential crisis there. Like, you have to know who you are, right? I need you to know yeah. who you are. I need to know what you're allowed to do. I need to load. Yeah. I need to know all those different things. Your role was at least privilege. What's our what's our CISSP words? Say, say. least privileges. Yeah, whatever. But yeah. more, it's not awesome. It's not, like, super cool. There, there's not laser yeah, beams not coming sexy. out of it. I, I no. gotta say, this is not, I'm not watching like Star Wars, the new, like the Mandalorian and Book Above. This is, yeah, you're like back. This is a new hope. This is backwards. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Essential hey, to you, the story, okay? It's foundational, but yes. <laughs> it's foundational. Um, so, all right, Ricardo, I'm going to go in like a an interesting route to ask you a question when you talk to people, I think before I was, um, maybe like the first few years I was in this industry of security, I feel like all C's were confusing to me. Like I didn't know what any of them were, you know, in terms of yeah. like, C what, you know, C, C, O, O, C, F, O, C, I, O, C, S, O. Like, I, okay, I don't, so it's a C, that's it. 
Um, out of curiosity, what's something that was the biggest misconception you had for the role? Like something that you thought this is what it meant at some point, but then you got into it and you're like, yeah, nah, that's not it. Oh, this, this one's fantastic because I do a lot of uh, mentorship with Weeses and a few others. They're like, oh, this is so cool to be a CISO. I was like, let me tell you what it really is. Heads up. I thought, I thought it was like super secret ninja stuff where you're leading, you're architecting, you're like doing a uh, jumping into a boardroom saying, secure this. Wait, wait, no. it's like a, the Mission Impossible when he goes. Yeah, to yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, no. That's exactly what I thought. No. More than I say, probably 70 to 80% is influencing, educating, which I knew there's a little bit of, is essential. Yeah. Budget, HR related stuff, vendor management related stuff, removing roadblocks, ridiculous and legit, and then creating reports. My strongest tool is PowerPoint and Excel. Oh, right. right? PowerPoint is, I've asked this question in, in interviews, like if you were a Microsoft application, what application would you be? Oh, I'd be PowerPoint. No question. PPTX for life. <laughs> but this is like how you have to tell a story and convince things and be like, this is the data. Here's the bottom line up front, the bluff, right? Here's the data. Here's the story. Here's what we're protecting, et cetera, et cetera. But it goes back to influencing and trying to yeah. you know, budget and things like that. But I did think that it was a little bit ninja and it's not. So Yeah, you every once in a while you'll get it. But no. Every I have like eight Excel tabs open right now. Ooh, I don't. Yeah. I'm on vacation. This is my vacation. We're not. I'm, nice. I have no. Ex, I know. Nice. Spending yeah. it with you, you gents. Watsy. I so Watsy. Up to you. Biggest misconception. You were a CIO. You came in as a VP of IT. You worked your way through this. You moved into the CIO role. I stole it from you in a game of chance and blackjack. I'm kidding. No, I didn't. But. What was your biggest misconception you had when you started in the role that you were like, this is not what I thought it was going to be? Mm. So I had been an IT leader of sorts for a decade or two before that. So there wasn't much left that I didn't know it would be. I would say probably the biggest misconception was how different companies utilize their IT and security resources. So, for example, Relativity is a software company. We have a lot of very smart, creative employees as a whole. Our employees at Relativity largely would prefer to solve their own technology problems if they can. Shadow fix my IT. laptop, fix my, fix my application, buy my application with my credit card, put my data in it. Yes, so there's definitely some of that. Um, I think that in other organizations – there are employees who wouldn't dare do those things. They wouldn't dare start Shadow IT. They wouldn't dare try to fix their own computer. They rely on the IT department completely. I think what you can get done as a security or a technology leader largely depends on the, the way your customers, which can include your employees, like to work. Um, and I think... I find, for example, at Relativity, we could get a lot more done in the service of making our employees more productive or our customers happier because our employees were more willing to do some of the work themselves. And so you can scale your IT team um, in a way like you can scale your security team. You have security champions instead of hundreds of security employees, for example. Um, in other organizations, 
there's people who are too busy to become a security champion or to solve their own IT problems. They're too busy doing other things, and so you don't get quite as much scale. So that was probably a gap for me that I've learned at being at Relativity. Um, I think another one definitely jives with what Ricardo said. The amount of work that goes into reporting, planning, uh, the amount of time spent in coaching and helping mentor people so that they can do this type of work in the future and make yeah. great choices is, is huge. You know, um, for both of you, it's it's interesting for me to be in a session with you both because you represent two different ends of the spectrum that I have within me that I like to access. And so, Ricardo, I met you initially and immediately was like, awesome, this person's just as crazy as I am. And after, hi, and after absolutely spending time together, it's a question of if I said, Ricardo, we got to go to Brazil and get tattoos, I feel like you'd be like, let me just get my passport, I'll be right there. So you're-, you're what, what time, we're leaving at four? Yeah, no, 4.30. Right, cool. But yeah, ah. so like this spectrum of crazy that is there is absolutely right here. This is, you're the representation in my head whenever I have the, you know, the angel and the devil, like you're the one over here that's definitely the crazy. Watts has always represented- the calm. And he always brings the calmness from me from the time I met him initially to now. I can still say as soon as he starts speaking, I immediately like, got it. Okay. This person's in control. They know how to do what they're doing and I can trust them. And so I love this dynamic of what I saw initially is still present with the way I see you all today after years together. The reason I say this is my question what did you think of each other when you first met versus what you think now? Ricardo's up first. What did you first think about Watts versus what you think now? Well, for me, it was really easy to blame everything that went wrong <laughs> at Morningstar in the role. Right, yeah, Morningstar. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I was like, oh, well, who created this policy? Is it either Michael Allen's problem or okay. is it Andrew Watts' problem? So yeah. it was a really easy scapegoat. But I, I echo your very calm, confidence, demeanor at all times. I've, I've never been in a crisis with Watts, but I could just imagine, like, everyone chill out. We're going to do steps A through F. Something goes awry. We got it. Yeah, if we cool. have a bar Check. fight in Let's Detroit, go. we want Watts with us, for sure. He's going to yeah, talk ex- about. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You and I, however, will get in the bar fight, but yeah. Oh, we're getting cut, but it'll be worth it. <laughs> so he's always been the calm. Yeah. I like it. Watts, what did you initially think of Ricardo and what do you think today? Is it still the same? I'm going to make sure that when you're in Brazil getting those tattoos that those are clean needles, that you don't overpay and that (laughs) neither of you comes home in a body bag. Um, So actually, rather than how I thought about Ricardo when I first met him, I'll tell you what I thought about him when I first heard about him. So I had moved on from the other organization and I heard that uh, Relativity was, sorry, the other organization was recruiting for a uh, person to take the role. And I think I heard things like he has like, I don't know, something like 22 offspring and he has a crazy hairstyle and he's worked at about 22 different companies, one for each child, um, and that he was louder than life and had um, all sorts of ideas about how he was going to basically turn security on its head at that organization. And I was hearing all this from people who are still there who probably fit more of the mold of myself, who are like steady as she goes, 
keep everything on an even playing field. And the reason I was hearing it was a little bit of trepidation and fear. Um, you know, that that led to when I first met Ricardo. I was like, okay, he's edgy, but he's not that crazy. I'm still yet to yes. find out whether he has 22 children or not. So no, we'll, not maybe we can discuss that today. Yeah, we're going to get to the bottom of this, but it's it's not. But um, I, I love this dynamic, though, of like uh, you came in thinking I'm going to flip security on its head or this is the dynamic that came with you. This is the preceding you know, impression people had of you. Same for me. I think people didn't know what to make of me for the first maybe year, Watts, like that they kind of were like, I'm not sure what's going on here. She's doing some weird stuff. They keep doing some really crazy things or whatever, but it, it just might work. And I think this is like one of my tie-ins as we, as we roll up this episode of a couple things that are really the biggest takeaways that I've got for it. I think that there's a part of this where the role requires a little bit of both, whether it's the CIO or the CSO role or the CISO role or any of the alphabet super, any executive role. It requires the calm and the process of Watts, who's making sure that our needles are clean, (laughs) that we're not going home in a body bag. But we have that steady hand that's required, but a little bit of crazy goes a long way. And it helps to make us accomplish some things that is, it's kind of a, a jump ahead that you didn't expect that you would get. So I think that's where all three of us kind of blend together and we make this great mixture. I I, th- I think that captures it quite well. And I think how, how cheesy it sounds, I think as, as more and more individuals go into this role, they need to have that open mindset of, there's a reason why there's a status quo, challenge it, break it, but keep what's honest. Controlled chaos. That's all so I asked for. Watts is going to absolutely say, so don't break it, but <laughs> Watts was bend, your bend it a little bit. Bend, bend it. it a little bit. Yeah. There is no spin. No, I, I won't change. I won't have a different point of view in this case. I'll just simply add the timeline. I think the controlled chaos needs to happen at the beginning when you're trying to solve problems. You're in that scrappy, dynamic, uncertain, ambiguous phase. And then as time goes by, you need to standardize things and put them in a standard routine, boring, operational place and just do that forever. I think um, particularly when you're working in really dynamic organizations, you don't always have time for the deep levels of of process orientation at the beginning and you're better off to try some scrappy things and know that risk is still managed in that way. Um, But you're always trying to retire off things that are boring and routine. Um, So it's it's a good way to think about things. That's my that's my perfect segue to my closing quote that I have for this. So I like to make it look like I'm super educated. So I'm going to quote Socrates. Take the moment, Ricardo. This is my educated moment, right? I'm, I'm, I'm a pet the unicorn while you do this. Be, impre- be impressed. Be impressed. There is an awesome quote that talks about what I think encapsulates what all three of us have done over my last five years of knowing all of us here, including myself, five years. Um, the secret of change is to focus all of your energy, not on fighting the old, but on building the new. I think that's where all of our roles Look at that. That's so spot on. It's so, it's not what it's about when it was in the past. It's about where are we going and how are we trying to direct this and how do we iterate? Like all of us can say candidly, our job today is not what it was six months ago. It changes every few months or so. What we do today and what delivery looks like, what success looks like, it's always changing. And you have to be agile and you, buzzword, but you have to be agile, I know, and you have to keep going. So 
I think that's one of those things when I was thinking about it, I was like, this feels like a Socrates. This is a Socrates moment. You know what? I'll requote that. I'll put smaller Socrates, but then put a man underneath it. Oh, is this like the Wayne Gretzky? You miss 100% of the shots yeah. you don't take, but it's Michael Scott. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's perfect. That's all you need. All right. So Ricardo, Andrew, uh, I will say that when I talk, I thought about this idea of an episode that talked about what these roles are and what they mean, um, there's no two bet. I'm, I got my first pick. So I'm so glad I got both of you. I'm so glad you both had the time today to spend with us, but thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having us. Very welcome. Thanks for having us. Good discussion. Thanks for digging into these topics with us today. We hope you got some valuable insights from the episode. Please share your comments, give us a rating. We'd love to hear from you. Security Sandbox is produced by Relativity. Our theme music was created by Monarch. Find us wherever you listen to your podcasts or visit Relativity.com for more episodes. 